0: old han is stealing money from the yakuza uh, they resolve their conflict by one big race uh down a mountain uh at sean wins takashi is exiled and vin diesel shows up at the end for a cameo
1: yeah you did it
0: great job it's um it's an interesting movie with a lot of complex uh ideology uh driving it i think
1: yeah, driving it
0: no Welcome to Mortified, The Friendship Quest, a podcast where two long-distance friends bounce media recommendations, all in hopes the other will like it. I'm Aaron.
1: And I'm the Glass Animals hit song, Tokyo Drifting, uh, featuring Denzel Washington. And this
0: week, we shift into high gear with the Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. Before we explode our annual tire budget, remember you can help us unmortify The Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, signing up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, are following us on Twitter and Tumblr, at MortifiedPod. Layla? Aaron? How do you feel about driving around corners?
1: I don't think one can drive around corners after seeing this film. I think that option has been eliminated.
0: <laughs> you must feel the corner. You must sway and rock with the corner. Uh, drift with it until you and your car and the road are one. Um, yeah, so this is our, our third... F- I guess technically, fourth foray into the Fast franchise. Um, But this is the third one that came out uh, chronologically, 2006, I believe. Um, And uh, yeah, it sure was a film.
1: It sure was a film. Now, if I remember correctly, this is the one you have a little bit of a history with.
0: Yeah, I mean, I saw uh, probably the first 30 minutes of this movie uh, in my freshman year of college. Uh, I went over to a friend's... uh, a friend of a friend's dorm and me and her and the friend and the friend's roommate. were all asking, we're all watching this cause they love that franchise or whatever. And the friend's roommate did ask uh, about my sex life. And then I left. <laughs> um, so like a
1: good Christian boy should,
0: uh, I was like, well, I don't know you, so I'm going to leave. This movie's not good enough for me to stay through uh, and, and exam- uh, be, be put through this kind of scrutiny. Um, it, it was, you know, I, I think I had a better time watching the movie this time around. Um, That's not to say it's a perfect film.
1: <laughs> I certainly did not DM you asking you personal questions while you were watching it. So, you know, I no, think that's an improvement.
0: That helped quite a lot. Um, I'm not sure who does the plot summary, so I'm happy to do it this time.
1: What did we do last time?
0: Uh, We did our, we did a bunch of plot summaries last time.
1: <laughs> oh no, we bounced back and forth. Yes. So really, it's, it's dealer's choice. It's time to it's it's episode one hundred and two. We get to reset.
0: Yeah, no, this is a whole new uh, stretch of pavement for mortified. Um, let's. I'll I'll just do this one because I because I wrote it in our ti- in our um, outline already. So, we've got Sean. Uh, he's an extremely old looking seventeen year old, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he can't help uh, get into trouble. Um, he does a race, uh, at his high school, uh, and gets arre- arrested again. Um, and his mom is just like, that's enough. I gotta, I gotta prevent you from going to jail. So I'm going to send you to live with your father in Tokyo. Uh, in Tokyo, he gets involved in the world of underground drift racing after he picks a fight with Takeshi, who is the, uh, nephew of a Yakuza, uh, big shot. Um, and they, they call Takeshi the, the drift king of Tokyo, DK. Um, and he's like a big deal. Uh, Sean borrows a car from Han uh, Lue, who we've actually seen in Fast and Furious 1, I believe is his origin. Uh, I don't know if he was in 2 or not. Um, I don't remember anything about 2. Um, but he wrecks the car um, because the way that they race in Tokyo is that they, they do a lot of drifting, which is where you like hit the brakes and turn on a car, so that way you you go around a corner or like you, know, you maneuver your car in a way where you're not really accelerating straight forward in a line. Um, And this this first race takes place in a a parking garage, uh, and he fucks up the car really, really bad. Um, Han forces him into service um, until uh, Sean can pay off his debt. Uh, With Han and um, Sean's classmate Twinkie, played by Bow Wow, (laughs) Um, Sean learns how to drive around corners really cool um he also falls in love with Takeshi's girlfriend and uh things get complicated uh Takeshi beats up Sean and kills Han when it's revealed Han is stealing money from the Yakuza uh they resolve their conflict by one big race uh down a mountain uh, uh Sean wins Takeshi is exiled and Vin Diesel shows up at the end for a cameo
1: <laughs> yeah you did it great
0: job It's, um, it's an interesting movie with a lot of complex, uh, ideology, uh, driving it, I think.
1: Driving it? No. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's talk about, let's talk about our, uh, our cast of characters. Um, I, so Sean, people call him Sean a lot. It never, it took until, I think, okay, well, before we get into Sean, um, so, you might remember last time I listened to fast Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh, yeah, you pa- had a, the, uh, podcast.
0: the book on tape version.
1: <laughs> Would you like to know how I watched, how I enjoyed this flick? Because it was also not particularly normal.
0: Um, I think you were
1: uh-huh. drunk and high. God, I wish. Um, <laughs> I watched, I enjoyed this motion picture at 1.5 speed.
0: Oh, okay. You were not living your life one quarter mile at a time. You were living it, um, whatever one quarter times 1.5 miles is.
1: Yeah, so, uh, uh, names, names became a little bit difficult. Um, I caught the dialogue, but the names were hard. So Sean's name did not stick. He is, as you said, the oldest teenager I've ever seen, and also the owner of One Hell of an Accent. So he,
0: he's from Alabama, I guess, is the implication. Yes, because his
1: AIM username is Bama Boy. Keep up.
0: Yes, it's really good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it, it jumps around. It moves as much as he does, <laughs> transferring from school to school. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's very funny. I mean, I think he's supposed to play, like, kind of, like, a clueless, like, hick stereotype. But, like, you know, one that's really into cars. Yeah. Um, He does have a face similar to, he's a Jake Sully type, which is that he's kind of like a conventionally attractive white man without very many, like, you know, characteristics of, you know, his character. He's just kind of, we're going to actually draw a lot of comparisons to him and Jake Sully here in a bit, unfortunately. Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, his whole, his whole deal is he, he is searching for belonging um, and he loves cars. And I think that's it.
1: And he can only have a boner around a car.
0: That's true. Anytime he talks about um, being attracted to a woman, there is always a car or, like, several very stylish cars in the, the shot.
1: This man does not have any chemistry. So him and Neela have a, a romance. Uh, it doesn't work for me. I don't think it no, works for you either. No. Um, it is. Be, it is because so much of this movie – Normally, I would be like, oh, there was some light homoeroticism. The men like to get really close to each other. But honestly, I didn't get any gay vibes from any of them. They all... Sean wanted to fuck cars. Yeah. That's... Yeah. So that's why the romance didn't work for me. He was more excited about that extremely great Nissan product placement engine uh, than he ever was about our our, our friend Nila. Um so Sean, as you mentioned, has a classmate, a classmate played by Bow Wow, and his character's name is Twinkie. I thought Bow Wow did a fantastic job.
0: I mean, he's the most, like, character, like, in this movie. Like, he, he is funny, he is charming. Um, I think he does the best performance. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I loved him. He His whole deal is that he likes to sell people, um, you know, like, stolen shoes and eye technology and, um, you know... He's, fun. he's so
1: good he could sell rubbers to a monk.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for summing up his character. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's Sean's connection to uh, Han. Um he does a perfectly fine job of playing like the, the the plucky sidekick.
1: Yes, I he I think he has a great time. Uh oh, Han. Han is maybe my favorite character in this entire franchise. I love this little pocket philosopher so. <laughs> I don't, here's the
0: thing, like, he's not too much of a character here. Like, I feel like his only purpose is to, you know, I, I'm get fridged there at the end of Act 2. He's um, a real
1: fortune cookie of a man.
0: Yeah, like, all he does is, like, talk about why his motivations for things and then die. Um, and, like, some of my favorite lines from him are, like, Sean is like, ah, oh, but Han, Han's like, ah, oh, I don't race for the money. Uh, and then Sean's like, well, why do you drift? And then he does a cool drift around two women that are parked in a car. And then one of, th- and it's like a really, really, it's like a full minute of him just drifting around them. I like Not got at up. 1.5,
1: it isn't.
0: Okay. Yeah. Then it's 45 <laughs> seconds, I guess. Um, but I, um, you know, I went up and like went to the bathroom and like refilled my water bottle and he was still drifting. And then at the end, um, a woman gave him her phone number and it's like, oh, that's a terrible character motivation, but okay. Um, But then they go back and and they have, he has this line where he's like, you know, the, the thing that matters to me, um, hold on. I'm going to look up this fucking philosopher. Okay. So like Sean asks, you know, why did you give me that car that first night? Why did you let me borrow your car? And he's like, you know what? One car in exchange for knowing what a man's made of, that's a price I can live with. It's like, I guess, I guess if, you know, $80,000 is worth knowing uh, if this guy's going to hang out with you even after you blow up his car. um, It doesn't make any sense, but it's a very funny thing to say.
1: That is the kind of fuck you money I would love.
0: Yes, exactly. Right. If you were if you were like a billionaire, like that's that's what you could do. You can afford to trash cars just to hang out with people.
1: Yeah, I think that's. I would love that personally speaking. Like, if I could, if I could, just today, right? I was sitting in my car and I was trying to puzzle out, um, like, my little brother is is almost of driving age, uh, and I was sitting there and I'm like, okay, my car's almost paid off. Like, I could, I could probably give it to. I was like trying to like puzzle out the logistics of giving my very practical hatchback with you know near a hundred thousand miles to my kid brother. Not saying I would buy him a race car am saying I would love to pay it off early and give it to him and roll up in a race car. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, I wish I had some fuck you money to pull some stunts. Um, I, you know, I, I think we should eat the rich um, in whatever form that may come. I do, I do think that if you're a funny billionaire, I am more likely to spare you from that thought. Um for example Martha Stewart is currently competing with the Dole Corporation to make the world's biggest hedge maze. And I'm into that.
0: Well, listen, you know? if you're doing something interesting and weird, you know, you should probably still be donating a lot of your money to like, you know, medical debt, but like if you're going to if you're going to do stupid shit, at least make it like weird and not like I'm going to send a car into space.
1: Um, I think if you pay off an entire graduating class's student debt you you're allowed a hedge maze you know what i mean i think that should yes. be the exchange rate
0: <laughs> yes i think that's fair
1: um dk
0: <sighs> so it's noted that Layla has bad taste in men we all are all aware of this
1: yeah but I, no Han' is, Han, is, Han is my love for this movie i, I wasn't looking at okay. dk um DK. What I appreciate about our our good friend is that um, I don't really like his grooming and wardrobe choices for this film. I I don't think they're I don't I don't know. I thought they were kind of boring.
0: Now, by grooming, do you mean that he uh, is in a relationship with a high schooler? Oh, because um, <laughs> they say uh- <laughs> they say in the text like, oh man, how come you go for the schoolgirls,
1: <laughs> which is not great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mostly meant his hair and clothing, but yeah, that's bad too. Um, I do appreciate that he understands that hot is a choice. You know what I mean? He has a hot attitude, even if he doesn't always look like the hot boy he's supposed to be.
0: I respect yeah. it. Listen, sometimes you just roll up in your extremely fancy car and, and punch a man and people think that's sexy just
1: once I think he did that like Uh,
0: Uh, you you beat a man (laughs) half to death um but like yeah I mean I don't know I, I think he's a completely fine villain I even you know I think I like his relationship with his uncle a lot more than uh Sean's relationship with his dad um I think there's a lot more substance there even in like the couple scenes that we get with like you know um Takeshi and um you know the 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 yakuza kamata uh, is the uncle um, like they talk about how he, he you know he misses his father um and you know like he he is a very like deferential like really trying to you know there there's a way in which they behave with each other that shows like how much Takeshi wants his approval and and like genuinely admires him like he is constantly like offering him like a seat um and like whenever he is chastised he you know immediately is is regretful um i i don't know why i just liked their relationship so much more than like basically any other relationship in this movie
1: uh it might be because uh oh Kamada rolled up uh in uh kuwabara cosplay the first time we saw him in that white linen ass suit so yeah and he
0: has a big broad brimmed hat he looks cool as hell
1: he looked dope i love him i thought he was cool he's always smoking a cigar he yeah rolled. no, he's
0: a he's just a fucking japanese gangster he's awesome uh
1: actually i gangsters have the best wardrobe they all look like fucking cartoon characters and that's what yeah, this movie they're great. deserves
0: yeah no we um, need more you know we, we've said it before this this franchise needs to lean into the silliness
1: yeah exactly and I think that we start to get a little silly in this one not as silly as we're gonna get but there's like hints of silly mm-hmm. um well, so we talked about uh 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 Takeshi's uncle for a second uh let's dip back into Nila I, I actually quite like Nila um, for how little she gets. I That's do interesting. Wish
0: yeah, go, talk about it, please.
1: I do wish that instead of. I, I don't. I, the romance arc was just not compelling. I didn't like it. I don't want it. I wish what she had gotten was a bro arc. Like, I wish she had gotten included in the like Han Bow Wow. I was going to call him Luke Sean. Uh, I wish she had gotten included in that friend circle. And, like, got to just kind of be one of the boys yeah. um, while, you know, being very feminine. But, like, being included in that friend group, I think, would have been more compelling for me. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than being, like, uh, Takeshi's kind of, like, prized possession. Yeah. Um, she, yeah. I don't know. I wish she had gotten to do more, but this movie was so extremely 2006.
0: Yeah, no. Um, Her, her whole thing besides being a love interest is to talk about the ways in which people are, um, excluded. They are outsiders. They are othered. Um, you know, she talks about how her, her mother did sex work. Um, and, um, like, that's why, that's why she, you know, doesn't really have a family and was adopted by, um, uh, I guess Takeshi's grandma. Um, but like, you know, her whole conversation with Sean that is like, hey, you know, our outsider, Gaijin. Um, let's see how many different ways we can say Gaijin uh, in this podcast. There's not like, as
1: many ways as Sean managed to do Yes, it.
0: Um, But like, you know, her, she she wants to, you know, her, her purpose is like, you know, there's different ways people can be, out, uh, be othered, even though, you know, I'm from here, I'm not really from here. Um, and the movie tries to tackle that. I don't think it does a good job, but, you know, that's one of the themes that we have to, you know, I, I'm willing to, this film has themes. And for that, I, you know, I love a theme. I love, I love analysis.
1: That's one. That's the episode title. This one has themes. (laughs) This
0: one, this one's got themes. Um, But yeah, you know, I I think that I I think you're completely right. I think that she would have been much more like there's a one of my favorite scenes with her is when she and Sean go on this romantic drift ride together and like there's just a bunch of cars riding through the mountains in sequence, all like romantically drifting all together in like a beautiful chrome rainbow. Um, And I, you know, she's talking about her, her past and her life and, you know, you know, how much she just loves, you know, racing. Uh, And um, I think that's very fun, right? And I think if she had gotten like a Letty Ortiz... Um, sort of treatment she would have been cool but instead she only really makes one major cho- i guess she she makes two which is you know to the first one you know to be with sean but there's a point where um takeshi is about to shoot sean in the head with a gun and then sean's dad comes out also with the gun and Is like i'll shoot you if you shoot him i'll shoot you and then she's like okay I'll, I'll go with you takeshi um so saving everybody's life here um you know that that's the only major choice she makes um, you know, however much of a choice that, that might be. Um, and you know, it's just like, unfortunately with a lot of media from like 2015 and before, maybe not 20, like, I'm sure there's other media in which women are, you know, have made choices, but I think it is useful, not necessarily in a like, um, test Bechdel test sort of way, to, but like, I guess kind of right. just to be like, is this woman making a choice? Are they an agent? Um, and if the answer is no, then it's like, well, that's disappointing.
1: Yeah, I think that the there are two other resolutions to that that gun scene um, that I would have enjoyed. Resolution number one, I think maybe she should have had a gun. Um, but then again, if you give Neela a gun, that movie will be 15 minutes long.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, much, much shorter film. It will, it
1: will be a short I think the other thing I would have liked to see is when she gets into Keshi's car, I would have liked to see her ass scoot into the driver's seat and steal it.
0: (laughs) It would have been really funny.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that would have ruled. (laughs) Um, But alas, it's 2006. So she had to go and be like a prize. Um, And then there's Sean's dad. Uh, He's fine.
0: Yeah. um, He wishes his whole thing is that like, he, he runs away from his problems. Whereas Sean stays and confronts them or like he's, you know, Sean, Sean used to run away from his problems like his dad, but in the end, he's like, no, I got to stay and confront my problem. Um, and his dad's like, you know what? You're growing up, son. I'm going to give you this car that doesn't have an engine. Uh, <laughs> and that's the car he uses in act three to win. So it's fine. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a cast of completely fine
1: characters. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. All right, time to enter the
0: Avatar Zone yet again. Uh, this film is technically a white savior narrative, uh, <laughs> so like, I don't want to go too hard on this because it's a fucking movie about racing cars. But I don't think we can we can let this pass without comment. Um, Sean, an American, a white American, comes to Japan, where in the narrative of the film, the Japanese invent racing on the mountain that they drive on. Sean through practice and mentorship becomes better at drifting than the people who invented it um and that's how he saves the day um and like again 2006 along with a lot of you know casual racism uh, sexism homophobia fatphobia uh this movie has you know some you know undertones of white supremacy and like you know i i don't want to say that i'm gonna forgive the movie for it but like you know it's it is what it is, right? I don't expect <laughs> any sort of actual cultural criticism um, or introspection to come out of the fucking Fast and Furious franchise.
1: Yeah, uh, I think I think the thing that made me less. I, this was for me more of an eye roll than a than a deep sigh. You know, on a scale exactly. of disappointing reactions, it was more of like, a, oh god, here we go. Because yeah. I think part of the thing that. Um, like the part of the reason Takeshi lost the final race was his own hubris, right? Like he was too mad at Sean to focus on the race and mm. ended up getting knocked off the mountain. Yeah. Um, so I was like, Ugh, fine, like he won on a technicality, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, no, <laughs> but it is. You know, it's just you're as you said. It's just worth pointing out. It's like you yeah. know, just uh...
0: it's annoying. I wish they hadn't done it. Um, we're but, acknowledging it, but yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, let's talk about the other themes of this movie. Um, specifically, the ones about belonging versus being an outsider. Um, I I admire this movie for having themes um, because, like. At least they're trying. Like, there's there's a shot at the beginning, right, where Sean is arrested and his, his mom comes in to, like, talk to the police officer that's arrested him. Uh, and she's like, oh, hey, do you mind if I smoke in here? Um and the police officer is like, oh, no, go right ahead. And, he, you know, he gives her a light. Um, and directly behind them, there's a no smoking sign. And, like, that's, like, a completely fine joke, right? But, like, if I want to put on my fucking thinking cap, like, big brain literary, literary analysis hat, which this is, that's why we do this podcast, I think that the theme, uh, like, the, the idea that you need to break rules in order to um self-actualize is at the core of this movie. People are constantly telling Sean, like, like in that scene where um, Han is like talking to Sean about, you know, why he races and, you know, knowing the measure of a man. He looks down on, I think it's Shibuya. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I only think the only place I know in Japan that has a big street crossing with a bunch of people in it is Shibuya. But that that's probably not true. But he looks down on this street with a bit, bunch of people in it. Um, and he's like, look at all these people, you know, what are they, they're they're all following the rules. Why are they following the rules out of fear? Right. And like nobody, you know, you should not be governed by fear. Um, the only way to actually, you know, get what you want in this life is to break rules. Right. And then we constantly see that, you know, one, because this, this film is all about illegal street racing. So people are going to be constantly breaking the rules, but you know, Han's character, right. Han breaks the rules, um, and steals from the Yakuza. Um, you know, um, bow wow uh twink Twinkie. <laughs> I think they call him twink um and it's just
1: just so funny it's, it's very good
0: um you know he breaks the rules multiple times by um you know he selling all this illegal equipment and he you know it, get, it gets both of them it gets han killed it gets um uh twinkie beat up um right it shows that you know breaking the rules has consequences but ultimately you know um Sean, like, breaks his dad's rules constantly. He, he, you know, his dad's like, don't go race. And he goes and races uh, and he becomes the new Drift King. Um, he meets Vin Diesel. Um, this, he, really
1: this film, meets, he really meets Vin Diesel. <laughs>
0: it's, it's really good. Um, but, like, yeah, it, this, this film is saying, you know, this film, it's not subtle. It's not profound. It's like, if you break the rules, it's going to be hard. But eventually you're going to get what you want. Um, and that's, that's something. Um, and that's
1: uh, how listeners. We'd like to talk to you today about the climate crisis.
0: Anyway, <laughs> <And corporate sabotage. laughs> anyway, in the show notes are, are the home addresses of every oil company executive. Um, do with that. Do what you will with that information. Um, yeah, and then I guess, like, I don't know. How did you feel about the belonging versus being an outsider bit?
1: I think similarly to how we talked about the white saviorism, like, I don't expect this in the fast, fast franchise, and it's, again, more of an eye roll than anything else, but there are more clever ways of showing that a kid, or doesn't, kid, the oldest teenager you've ever seen, doesn't belong he's somewhere.
0: He's like 30. He's like 30, and they're like, man, all before your 18th birthday. I can't believe you've done all this crime. It's like... <laughs> what? <laughs> Wasn't me you heard a crash oh hold on i'm gonna investigate
1: go investigate yeah we're just gonna have to keep that interruption in i'll just sorry. cut out the silence
0: yeah yeah sorry it's fine crisis averted
1: okay anyway you were saying before his 18th birthday
0: i just think it's very funny that they're like before his 18th birthday he's done so much crime and it's like no that man uh, <laughs> that man is a middle manager
1: that man has turned 18 18 times by this point yeah exactly uh, yeah, I was, yeah, I just think there's, like, so, like, th- he walks in to what is clearly an international school. Like, there's a majority of Japanese students, but there's Bow Wow, there's Nila, like, there's 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 non-Japanese people at the school. And the teacher approaches him, and she's talking faster than somebody normally would. Like, she's very, very deliberately speaking quickly, and uh, she's not speaking English to him at all. Even though he just transferred in and is, like, trying to teach him about slippers. Um, that's not how those settings work. You know what I mean? Like, those teachers would probably primarily speak Japanese. But if, if a student is really that confused, most of them, they speak a little English. You know, in, in, in an international school setting, like, you... You want to communicate and teach. Um, And I thought that was like just a, you know, again, I'm not expecting any more out of the Fast franchise. But it is a really lazy shorthand, right, to not show somebody belonging. I think you could do more with... Um, him looking for, like, snacks that just aren't overseas. Him trying to, like, understand, like, missing... I think the slippers thing could have been something. Like, missing little conventions like that. I thought, honestly, one of the best moments, I thought, was when the old lady... He was going into his dad's garage, and the old lady, um... Like, very politely bowed to him and, like, and like said hello. And he was just like, hey. And he kind of, like, waved. And she looked at him like he was insane. Yeah. Um So, like, I thought moments like that would have been better. But, again, I'm not i what i want out of these movies is family and fast cars
0: yeah and we got uh i mean we got the fast cars i think the the choreography was excellent choreography was very good but like i i don't know that it hits the themes of family uh as hard hard as i would have liked um
1: no but it is interesting to me that you know vin diesel's coming because of the line he says he knows han said han was family like, it It only took two movies to establish that fucking brand.
0: <laughs> Vin Diesel actually, that's the thing, though. Vin Diesel was only in one Fast and the Furious movie at this point, um, which is very fun, right? Uh, because they, they famously could not pay him enough for, to be in, in number two. Um,
1: Ad so, agencies want what Vin Diesel has.
0: <laughs> truly, right? He has the strongest brand the, and the baldest head. Um, Mr. Clean-ass looking, looking dude yeah um yeah but like yeah I, I hope we get more of this like you know cars corona and, and camaraderie thing in in number four um
1: god you, you know, said corona and my mm, i forgot about unfo- the beer
0: yeah unfortunately the pandemic has retroactively ruined this franchise um yeah i mean like do you do you have much to say about where this you know film holds in in the franchise because my understanding is that it's like kind of reviled
1: That's funny because I love it.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. It's like a lot of people hate it, but like there's a core audience. that's like it's actually one of the better ones.
1: It is actually. So if I remember correctly, we're about to get into a little bit of of a fast slump. We're about to it's about to get a little less fast and a little less furious for the next couple of couple of movies. And then I think six or seven, it really just picks back up.
0: So seven is the one that we watched originally, and I really loved. But like, I thought the Rock comes in at five.
1: Rock comes in. I cannot remember. I watched them all in such quick succession; they're all kind of a blur to me. Um, but you know, I believe four isn't great, if I remember correctly. Um, I could be wrong. We we might we might very well enjoy it, but uh, it is it is. It is interesting that Tokyo Drift is, like, kind of the end of Act 1 of the Fast franchise. It is kind of like the tail end of Act 1 because Act 2, it really tries to find its own voice again. And then in Act 3, which I think starts with, like, 6 or 7, it gets real silly. It gets really silly. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, like, that's how stories work, though, right? In Act One, you establish characters, you establish the setting, um, you kind of have a grounded thing. In Act Two, you start amping things up, and they start, um, you know, establishing B plots, and really exploring the space. And then in Act Three, they take all the weird lessons they've learned, uh, and just ramp them up to, um, I guess, the moon, I don't know where they go uh, in in number nine, but uh, I hope it'll be something out of this world.
1: I, we'll get there.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll mm-hmm. get there,
1: and I think uh, I think you I think you will really like it.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will because you know the, the stunts don't decrease. Like this one, um, drift is like regarded as like the the last like a grounded fast movie uh, in a lot of ways. <laughs> like from here, apparently things just continue to go off the rails uh, in a good way. So I, I am excited. You know, I know you you have your apprehensions about four, but I, I have high hopes.
1: Yes. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to, it's sure going to be something. Um, you have a very interesting marketing minute.
0: Yes. So, right. This is like, you know, I, I haven't read or watched all of the spinoffs, but like my understanding, this is the only one that like, is not just about straight up, like racing slash driving cars really in a straight line. Really cool. Um, Right, this is about a specific technique, the technique of drifting. Um, and I'm wondering, if you were going to make a Fast and the Furious colon X, you know, like, not, not Tokyo Drift, but like, you know, maybe like Melbourne unicycling. Um, like, you know, what would you do? Um, you know, it has to be a non-United States setting. Um, right we have to we have to exoticize it by making it not in the US Um, Mm -hmm. and and, and I want you to um, pitch a new driving technique or style or vehicle or something um, you know to to make like a spiritual successor to Drift Um, if you don't have an idea I can go right now because I have a pretty good one
1: you do a pretty good one I'm I'm gonna I think yours is better than mine so I'll let you finish I think I think that you know how Disney is doing a lot of live action remakes
0: uh, I've heard, yes, I've heard, yeah. You, you, you like them though. You're a big fan.
1: Oh, huge, yeah. they're my <laughs> favorite. Um, I think there is room in my heart for a fast and furious slash Luca crossover. If you have not seen the Pixar <laughs> film Luca, <laughs> the one with the fish man, the one with the fish, man. the whole plot of Luca is they're trying to get a moped, a okay. no Vespa. They want a Vespa, so I think uh, you could do like a fast, a fast in Italy, uh, with the Luca kids on mopeds.
0: Uh, Fast and the Furious. Uh, Roman moped. Okay, all right. <laughs> that's hmm, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, please tell me uh, you very good idea. I think that's good. So, so do you know what trials bikes are? No. Okay. My father, um, until I was in like high school, um, participated in a sport called uh, trials motorcycle, like, which is like basically you take a motorcycle. <laughs> Um, and only in retrospect do I realize how wild this is. And you put an obstacle course out in the woods, uh, and you have to drive the motorcycle, uh, through an obstacle course, um, without putting your feet down the most amount of times. Um, and that's how you win it. Um, and there'd be like, you know, big logs and rocks and like, it's fun because you want to drive your motorcycle over various things and, obstacles and, um, That's how you do it. That's how, that's how you win. Um, and I think that it would be very fun if we took, um, Mr. Toretto, um, and Mr. Uh, Paul Walker, and we put them all in motorcycles and just, you know, took a hundred million dollars and made a big ass, stupid, dangerous, uh, trials, um, obstacles with like you know fire and lava and you know uh, maybe like a black hawk helicopter strafing the arena and maybe you know, like that's how black they hawk. win yeah. yeah they have to do like a like a hell in the cell match um where they have to get um i don't know maybe it's like a hundred thousand dollar briefcase or maybe it's like the declaration of independence or something but they have to like drive oh. up various obstacles um nicholas cage will of course be there
1: uh, that was my question <laughs>
0: Uh, he's obviously the villain, right? They're, they're, they're recruited by, um, I guess, Blackwater <laughs> to steal the Declaration of Independence back from him. Um, and they ha- he set up a, a Saw-esque uh, motorcycle um, obstacle course for him uh, to, to protect the Declaration.
1: I would pay premium prices to watch this motion picture.
0: Yeah, it would fuck, is the thing.
1: <laughs> it would fuck incredibly is is the thing um wow why aren't we millionaires i think is the question we keep we asking. just need the
0: budget um 20th century fox which is actually disney now so disney if you could just um give us money you know this is a universal joint actually universal hey we'll sell it to y'all too
1: yeah truly if you cut me a fat enough check um you know you what, what i mean, mean?
0: You want a Minions movie that'll make people fucking weep? You come oh to me god. and Layla.
1: Oh my god! Fast, <laughs> fast and furious Minions.
0: Come on! Oh come my on. god!
1: The fucking bumper car ride
0: at Universal uh, Studios sells itself. Like that's that's an easy you know fucking billion dollar car ride. Like that's. I hate oh the parks.
1: I would go to Universal Studios just for that
0: yeah no it'd be fucking sick it would be it would be like mario kart meets the minions it'd be it'd be incredible um fuck we'd get judy dench in there
1: of course we'd get judy dench in there her agent's, her, fucking agent's... phone number is <laughs> from the white pages i think yes
0: <laughs> um yeah oh so God. anyway universal studios uh, or disney either one we'll take we'll take whatever you've got hit us up oh our number is 775-573-8882 um <laughs> yes which. Thing?
1: we do max shout out to max who has been leaving us a voicemail uh pretty regularly uh they do make my day uh we do receive them thank you so much and uh you other weenies should also call us and tell your friends about the show now that we're a hundred episodes deep
0: yeah this is syndication baby we're just cashing those checks at this point
1: yeah for sure
0: (laughs) this extremely profitable podcast um Layla, when we are not just you know living in the lap of luxury because of our syndicated podcast reruns, um, where can people find us on the internet?
1: You find me at l e y l s e s on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm taking a painting class. I'm uh, working a lot, so not doing much other than that. But yeah, uh, Aaron, what about you?
0: You can find me on Twitter at Aaron SXL, where I tweet about tabletop RPGs, writing, and health policy. Uh, you can follow the other show I do at The Bible Boys. Um, me and Joshua are um, reading the text of famous italian poem uh the divine comedy only inferno and purgatorio um but actually um our inferno chat was actually really really good um so like check that out because we had a really great time being like oh man dante put some people in hell huh oh <laughs> um so that was that was a really fun episode um i guess i also do um tabletop games um if you want to you know Play some of my weird games. You can check them out at airinssxl.itch.io. Um, our theme song is obsolete Oz is obsolete by ketchco from the album Filmmaker's Reference Kit Volume 2. You can find more of their music at Keshko.bandcamp.com. Layla. Aaron. Um, you know, how do we deal with this wanker of an episode?
1: <laughs> <laughs> A wanker? What am I? A zebra? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> next week
1: <laughs> what does it mean <laughs>